0: May I introduce you to Habakkuk today. Habakkuk was one of the 12 minor prophets in the Bible. He wrote a completely unique book, which is still so very relevant today. We are gonna introduce him today and tell you why you should care about this minor prophet. Spoiler alert, it is because he talks with God about a question that you have also asked. Welcome. I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me as we dive into episode 132 today as I introduce you to Habakkuk. But before we do that, let's start with a bit of worship, with two passages from Psalms having to do with the goodness of God, which you will see in a few minutes, is a central question in the book of Habakkuk. God's goodness means much more than his generosity, but it certainly includes that infinite Generous attitude towards us. The Bible often presents God's goodness as a core quality of his character. So, by his nature, he longs to bring joy and blessing to all of his creatures. And we have two verses from Psalms today. The first one is Psalm 107, 8 and 9, which says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Psalm 33 5 says, he loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Let's use those verses and go to him in prayer. Father, I think I need you to calm my heart. I feel really scattered this morning and I just need you to give your words (laughs) to these people who are here with me now or in the replay Um, and just use this time. It's yours. I pray that you would. Open these words to us, these scriptures, in a way that's new. Actually, we won't have that many farther on, but these words about your goodness, I pray that you would bring back to us throughout the rest of our day and help us meditate on this idea that you are good because we're worshiping you today for that. We're affirming today. That you are good and worshiping you for that reason. We will give thanks to you for your goodness toward us. There are so many things in my life that you have been so gracious in giving me that were good, good gifts. And and we can start simply with the fact that Jesus sacrificed himself so that I may be close to you. And I thank you for that amazing, amazing gift of our salvation. You satisfy the longing soul and fill the hungry soul with goodness. And we don't always feel like that. Sometimes we feel like your goodness is elusive or questionable. and Or sometimes, like I did for years, we feel like we know God's good to other people, but we don't always feel like you are good toward us. And your goodness is just part of your character. It's It's displayed towards us. You, you don't have to think about displaying it towards us because it's who you are. And just celebrate that today. Your goodness is who you are. We acknowledge that and worship you for that this morning. You love righteousness, you love justice, and even though things can look dark, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord, and we thank you for that today. We're so grateful that that is who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's going to be really different. It's going to be a whole lot of information and a very short prayer. Over the weeks to come, we are going to pray through the book of Habakkuk, and here's why. I thought I would check with my husband and see if he had any books that he always wanted to know more about or really interested in diving into in this way. And he's kind of a smart aleck at times, and he kept telling me the most obscure book that he could think of, which on the top of his head turned out to be Habakkuk. So I decided to take him up on that. I love the prophets, and so this is going to be fun. Habakkuk is actually a really applicable book for today. You wouldn't think about that since it's a minor prophet, but it is. And it's also a really interesting departure from other books by the prophets. Quick bit of history to locate the book in time. On the succession of Solomon's son, Solomon was the son of David. Then came Solomon. Rehoboam succeeded him around 930 B.C. At that time, the country split into two kingdoms, and so we had the 12 tribes of Israel as a united kingdom. Most people think there's some debate about that, but most people believe that there was a united kingdom, then it split into two, the kingdom of Israel, including the cities of Shechem and Samaria in the north, and the kingdom of Judah containing Jerusalem in the south. So Habakkuk most likely prophesied around 600 BC in the southern kingdom. There are a lot of different dates given for the time that he prophesied, but they're all kind of generally around that time, around 600 BC. Everywhere that he looked in his culture in his kingdom the world must have seemed on the edge of disaster the northern kingdom had been destroyed in 722 bc and during this time the assyrian empire was in, in decline the assyrian was also an evil empire it was going down egypt kept trying to there was kind of these three groups at war egypt was trying to eliminate the Assyrians. Then they came more to prominence, but then the Babylonians were also rising up to replace them as the dominant power in the Near East. These were the final decades of Israel's southern kingdom. So it's a short time before the Babylonians invaded Judah, which began in 605 BC. Habakkuk is one of three prophets who prophesies against other nations. Nahum prophesied against Assyria, Obadiah prophesied against Edom, and Habakkuk's prophecies were against Babylon. These three countries or empires were often the ones afflicting God's people throughout their whole history. Habakkuk is unusual as a prophetic book because most prophetic books are a judgment spoken against God's people, but Habakkuk never addresses the people of Judah directly. He never issues a condemnation for their behavior or a call to repentance, It is entirely a dialogue between the prophet and God, and we don't know much about him. He was probably a contemporary of Zephaniah and Jeremiah, possibly even of Ezekiel and Daniel. Remember, the Babylonians came in and took Daniel and some others away, and then they came back and destroyed Jerusalem. And this would have been before their invasion, and they took Daniel. He may have been a Levite and connected to the temple worship. He may also have been the son of the Shumanite woman that you see in St. Kings 4, 8-37 and 8, 1-6. And that idea comes because his name probably means embrace or wrestle. And in this book, we see him wrestling with a question that is really basic to humanity, that of reconciling the idea of a good God and the presence of evil in the world. Habakkuk looks around at Judah and the rapid moral decline and spiritual decline, and this deeply bothered him. It was a time of severe injustice and rampant idolatry in his nation, and he took that to God. But God's response bothered him even more than his original question. How could a good and just God use a more wicked nation, Babylon, to punish a less wicked nation of Judah? The book starts with Habakkuk questioning God, God answering, and then Habakkuk is troubled by that answer. So he asks the question I just talked about. Why would he do this? How is that possible? He's trying to uh, reconcile this idea of a good God letting his people be decimated by a foreign, even more evil people. God responds graciously to this question too. He gives an account of five woes that he was promising to evil nations. Habakkuk has been called the doubting Thomas of the Old Testament, but really he is a beautiful example of faith because he wrestles through these questions with God. And God responds, and then he responds to that process by finishing the book with worship and trust, giving us a beautiful example of living by faith, which you'll find is a theme. I'm going to give you three comments that different writers have given about Habakkuk. Campbell Morgan says that when Habakkuk looked at his circumstances, he was perplexed. You'll see that in 1-3. But when he waited for God and listened to him, he sang one of the greatest praise songs in the Bible, and we'll find that in chapter 3. J. Vernon McGee says, Habakkuk is a big why. Why God permits evil is a question that every thoughtful mind has ever faced. The book is the answer to the question, will God straighten out the injustice of the world? This book answers the question, is God doing anything about the wrongs of the world? And this book says that he is. Ryrie describes Habakkuk as a theodicy, a defense of God's goodness and power in view of the existence of evil. So that kind of starts this conversation about the themes of this short three-chapter book. We'll find God is just and merciful, even though his people may not always understand his ways. We'll see that in two four. We find that wickedness will eventually be punished, and the righteous will ultimately see God's justice. That's in chapter 2, probably verses around 5 through 20, I think it was. God uses some wicked nations to punish Other wicked nations, but ultimately, God will judge all nations. That's going to be in chapter one and two. God can handle all of our questions, and He does choose to answer some, but maybe not all of them. While God might seem silent and uninvolved in our world, He always has a plan to deal with evil and always works out justice eventually. The example of the prophet Habakkuk encourages us to wait on the Lord expecting that he is going to work out all things for good as it says in Romans 8:28. So the bottom line of faith is not to remove all doubts, but to be sure of God. The key phrase, the righteous shall live by his faith, is found in two four. That's sort of one of those theme verses that we'll run across in chapter 2, and it summarizes God's plan for his people. It's quoted three times in the New Testament, in Romans, in Galatians, and in Hebrews. And each time a different aspect of that phrase, of its meaning, is given. A couple just kind of interesting side notes about the book. The Spirit used a Habakkuk passage, I think it was that 2.4 passage, to get to the heart of Martin Luther and that set in motion the Reformation. There are three times in the prayer, in the final chapter of the book, in chapter 3, he uses the exclamation "Sila," which is only found elsewhere in the Bible, in the book of Psalms. It's a call to pause and be silent so that your soul can listen and absorb uh, what God has for you. So we just finished the book of Acts, where we did a chapter per episode, and it was a long book with kind of long chapters. Those were about 30 or 40 verses each time. We're going to slow this one way down tremendously, just to give you a different perspective of how you can pray scripture. That probably means that our show will trend shorter again, back toward the 15-minute mark, where they've always been before we jumped into those long. Long chapters in Acts. Habakkuk is a poem of lament. It's like many psalms. He lodges a complaint, brings God's attention to injustice, and this case, we get God's answer to him. Habakkuk paints the picture of Babylon as an archetype, a representation of a nation ruled by evil desires. Now, certainly, that is not unique to Babylon. Most nations actually become a Babylon. And God's answer is to all nations who are ruled by idolatry and the worship of power and the exploitation of people. The promise of God and the worship by Habakkuk are lessons that we desperately need in a time when the worship of power and the oppression of people is commonplace. And we ask also, why are you silent, God? Why is evil allowed to run unchecked? So that's an overview of what we're going to get to in the weeks to come. I think we're going to do this as a six-week cycle. So in this book, that's what you're going to find. But before we leave today, I do want to make sure that we do actually pray for a few moments. And we'll ask God to work through this book in our lives. So I'm not going to pray through Scripture like I normally do, but we will definitely get to that on Monday when we jump into the first few verses of Habakkuk. Join me and pray that God would use this book to work in our lives for just a moment. Father, we settle into this new place in Scripture for many of us. The minor prophets are not something that is commonly studied. It's not something that's commonly preached from, but they are rich, rich books, and I'm excited to dig into this. Uh, in the coming weeks, I pray that Spirit, you would open this book to us in a way that is so meaningful and so powerful, and leaves us changed, changed in a way that draws us more toward the likeness of Christ. That gives us a deeper trust in you. That help us see you as you really are. Gives us a clearer picture of who you are. I pray that we would be open to learning that our heart would be softened for your messages that we would be listening that we would be found listening for your voice and that we would really truly hear what you have for each one of us I pray that you would prepare us i guess over the next few days <laughs> as we'll start Monday over the next half week to hear the message that you have for us give us discernment to know what that is give us obedience to follow whatever you instruct us in. Pray that we would, or that I would, present this well. And by well, I don't mean necessarily with skill, but I mean... Uh, so that there's nothing that stands between your message and the hearts of your people. Pray that anyone who is supposed to work through this book with us, supposed to go through these prayers with us, would find this broadcast and that you would draw them here. Pray right now that I would learn from you in the coming weeks and whatever this book has to teach me, and that all of us would join in that prayer as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.